Hi, and welcome to Sandy Holtgren's audio podcast. We hope you are blessed as you hear the gospel of grace and experience the person of Jesus through this teaching. So Jude chapter 1 says this. Let's start. Let's get the rhythm of grace for this morning. Beloved, while I was very diligent, Paul says, to write to you concerning our common salvation, not common as in everywhere, but common, it's available to everyone. I found it necessary... Paul said, it's necessary to write to you. So Paul was really impressed on his heart to write to the church, exhorting them to contend earnestly for the faith. Contend earnestly for the faith, which as once for all delivered to the saints. In other words, fight for justification by faith. The faith, meaning a definite article, justification by faith. Contend earnestly for the faith, knowing that you are justified, that you are made right by faith. Not because of what we've done, but because of what He has done. Contend earnestly for what Christ has done. Jesus and the finished work of the cross. Contend earnestly, which means what Jesus has done. Fight means... Jesus is not a side issue to prosper us or to heal us. You know, never have the means of healing and prosperity separate you from who Christ is. We are justified because of who Christ is. We've made right in every single area of our life. Contend earnestly for the faith. Fight the good fight of faith is what he's saying. But here, the faith is a definite article. We are justified by the faith of the Son of God. We are made right because of Jesus. Now, he says this for a particular reason. For certain men have crept in unnoticed deception, you see. For long ago, these men who crept in were marked out for this condemnation. So when we're not contending earnestly for the faith, justification by faith, the opposite to that is condemnation. People are under condemnation because they're trying to work things out themselves when Jesus is the one who has justified us. Anyway, he explains it. For certain men have crept in unnoticed who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men who turned the grace of our God into lewdness and denied the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. They turned the grace of God, which is an interesting Greek word, metatiphany. They turned, actually they exchanged, turned around and replaced the grace of God. That's why uh, in Jude, they were saying to contend earnestly for the faith. In other words, they turned the grace of God into lewdness and denied the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, they perverted the gospel of grace. They turned it around. Jude continues to go on to say, even Michael, the archangel came down and contended with Lucifer. You know, and it says that many of the people, many of those, the children of Israel, talking about the Old Testament now, they all went the way of Cain, which means Cain was justified in his own sight because Cain brought a produce from his own hands, whereas Abel, his brother, brought a produce from God, which was a lamb. Because without the shedding of blood, the lamb, there is no forgiveness of sins. So Cain came on his own works, his own righteousness, whereas Abel came with a blood sacrifice saying, I need the Lord in my life, basically. Whereas Abel said, I can do this of my own self, which is called self-righteousness. He says in here to contend earnestly for the faith so that we don't come under condemnation. Well, they perverted the grace of God. How did they pervert the grace of God? 
not mentioning Jesus, not mentioning the blood of Jesus, not mentioning what Jesus has done. So you can't have the grace of God without Jesus. Jesus is grace. So if someone, you know, mentions the word grace, don't be easily impressed by people when they say or drop the word grace. If there's no exaltation of Jesus and there's no revelation of the finished work of the cross, then it's not the gospel of grace. If Jesus is not mentioned, the person and the work of what Christ has done for us, then it's not the teaching, it's not the gospel of grace. And that's what they were saying, contend earnestly for the faith. And then he goes to say, you know, mark those. He says in verse 4, to mark those who have brought in this condemnation. In other words, your own self-effort. You're replacing grace, is what he was saying. Well, grace can't be replaced because Jesus will never be replaced. You know, what happened when they did remove the grace of God in this situation? Lewdness came in. Ungodliness came in. Every evil work comes in when you remove the grace of God, doesn't it? So everything we receive from God is by faith. We fight the good fight of faith. You know, we fight to believe what God has given us. We fight to believe what God has given us. We fight to remain in faith because there's an enemy out there who would like to take away the things that God has already done for us. So faith has to do with Jesus, doesn't it? It's not how much faith you have, it's how much of Jesus you see. You see big Jesus, a lot of Jesus, more of Jesus, then you have more faith, bigger faith. If you see a little bit of Jesus, then you have a little bit of faith. Faith is all about who Jesus is. We're not talking about your, your faith in the sense of your own. We're talking about faith in who he is. Faith is all about seeing Jesus. So, you know, Jude says to contend earnestly for the faith, a definite, definite article, contend earnestly for justification by faith. Because if the enemy is going to come in anywhere, it's going to come through the law, through the self-righteousness. And we're going to explain that as we go along. We've been explaining that, you know, the last couple of weeks. So you find, you know, a lot of people hear a lot of teaching about a lot of different things, but they never see Jesus. So it's all about who he is. We contend for the faith, difficult article. We're justified by what Christ has done for us. He has paved the way for us. He has blessed us. He has delivered us. He has made us whole. So the secret to whatever difficulty that you're going through, whatever hardship, whatever problems, whatever marital problems, whatever it is in any area of our life, we see Jesus. See Jesus. Well, some of you may sit there and say, well, of course. Well, it's interesting because as I was thinking about seeing Jesus, I was thinking about Someone that one of the, the great preachers who I love dearly, who's gone home to be with the Lord, Brother Hagen, he was praying for a missionary man who'd been in, out in the missionary for years and years and years, and he came back and he was in a wheelchair. You know, he'd obviously come under some kind of a disease, sickness, I can't remember what it was now, but it was like they were praying together. He asked Brother Hagen to pray for him, and Brother Hagen said, The Lord is here. 
The presence of the Lord is here to heal you. And the missionary man said, I know, I know. He could see the Lord standing in front of him in the wheelchair. And Brother Hagen said, he's come in a spectacular way to heal you. And he goes, I know, I know. And as we've all read and, and heard for, for years, those of us who've been down the road of the word of faith, it's like he was elevated out of his wheelchair. God had come in a spectacular way to heal him. He said, Jesus is here. He's here to heal you today. And he said, I know he has. But he just couldn't. He couldn't make that step of faith to step out of the wheelchair. He quickly grabbed a hold of the side of the wheelchair, plopped back down into the chair and said, I know he's here to heal me. I know he's here to heal me. But he was not healed. He couldn't receive. The power of the Lord is present to heal. There was only one man healed that day. You know, they brought him through the roof the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and there was a crowd of people there. And the presence of the Lord, it says the power, the dunamis explosive power of the Lord was present to heal. But they weren't healed except for one man. The crowd was there, followed Jesus wherever he went. There was only one woman that was healed that day. What was it about her that caused her to touch heaven? When others were around him, yet they didn't, they didn't receive their healing. And there would have been many people in the crowd who would have needed to receive their healing. You see, a revelation who stands in the midst of us today. The Lord is healing. The Lord is delivering. The Lord is increasing wisdom and revelation and understanding. The Lord is imparting. The Lord is doing all kinds of things. The Lord is present. He stands in the midst of us to do what it is that He wants to do. It's not about who we are. It's not about what we think, what we feel. It's about what the Lord is saying today. So we see Jesus. So contend earnestly for the faith. Contend earnestly for justification by faith. So Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane before he went to the cross. And this is what he said in Luke 22. Father, he said, before he went to the cross, he said, Father, if it's your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, Lord, but your will be done. And what was the cup that he drank? The cup of your sins and the cup of my sins. It's a cup that I don't think I would want to drink. In fact, I know I wouldn't want to drink your sins. But you know, take this cup from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Not only yours and my sins, but the sins of the whole entire world was the cup that he drank. Verse 43, then an angel appeared to him from heaven and strengthened him. And being in agony, in verse 44, he prayed more earnestly and he sweat great drops of blood falling to the ground. Imagine, you know, the Lord, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God, great drops of blood falling to the ground that have been cursed because of Adam's sin, his blood falling on cursed ground. Even doctors say that when there's so much pressure on the capillaries and the capillaries burst, it separates the skin and forms a bloody sweat. So it must have been a tremendous amount of pressure falling. Well, because of the redeeming blood of Jesus, as you've heard me say so often, when his blood fell to the ground, he redeemed us from the curse of the law. The moment his blood fell to the ground. So everywhere where you and I walk now is grace ground, blessed ground, favoured ground. Because of the blood of Jesus that fell to the ground for you and I, we are redeemed by the blood of Jesus and the ground that you and I stand on today is grace ground. So even if the ground is cursed, when you walk on it, it will become favoured ground. Thanks for tuning in. 
You have been listening to an excerpt of one of Sandy Holgren's latest messages. To download the full version, please visit our website, www.rock7-5church.com.